What's going on, everybody? My guest today is a retired soccer player that's looking to enhance the education system. Basically, her overall goal is to empower our youth, and here we got to learn about how she's working towards that. So please welcome Samantha Johnson. You're listening to The Chicago Hustle, a podcast that highlights the struggles, successes, and overall journey of Chicagoans pursuing their passion. My name's Edward Terrace. And I'm a Chicago real estate broker that focuses on understanding the rental and sales market to facilitate the sale of property, along with providing my clients a roadmap to one of the biggest necessities of life, a place to call home. And I'm sitting down with our neighbors to learn about their process, the lessons they've learned, and how they're making an impact. Okay, and we're live. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So we first got connected through the beautiful app Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm trying to remember how did we kind of connect there? Like, did you see our page somewhere else or? Yeah, it was probably me just stumbling upon your page or someone else's page that led me to you. And then I just DM'd you and was like, hey, let's collaborate. <laughs> yeah, I love that. And it took us a little bit to do that because I tried to reach out um, or you reached out to me a bunch. I loved your follow-up. Your follow-up game was strong, <laughs> which yes. I can definitely uh, appreciate. Um, and I'm wondering with like how consistent you were with following up with me, that kind of seems to be something pretty consistent with probably everything you do that I'm assuming. Yeah, I think I have a, like that athlete's mentality of being super aggressive when I'm not even on the field anymore. I'm still, I like laugh and tell my friends, I always harass people via email and they think it's funny, but I'm like, no, I, I definitely harass people and I'm the queen of follow-up emails. Man. Uh, that's awesome. I, uh, I'm, I'm in the type of work that follow-up is super important or really anything. Cause a lot of times people's stuff just sits on people's desk, mm -hmm. and, but everything's got a ton. Everyone has a ton of stuff going on. So uh, they just kind of, I appreciate when people reach out to me and give me that message. I'm like, oh, yes, thank you so much. Right. I just create demand and make it seem like what I'm doing <laughs> needs to be at the top of your to-do list. Totally. And speaking of being an athlete, for people that don't know, um, you're a professional soccer player. Are you still competing at this time? No, I retired. My official retire date was July 8th. July 8th. How was that moment for you? Um, well, the moment was kind of coming. So I entered, this was going to be my last year anyways, because I played six years in the NWSL already. So I kind of knew like, okay, this is probably gonna be my last year. Then I showed up to preseason. And I was like, wow, like, I really it was like an overwhelmed feeling. I was like, I really don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> going really? to practice and like, being the everyday athlete. I was like, I was so like, I was just not into it. So I told my coach in preseason, which was in March, I was like, girl, I cannot do this anymore. Like the full like breakdown of tears. And I was like, I can't do it, but I, I wouldn't leave my team just hanging, you know? So I had to leave at an appropriate time, which just so happened to be after the, uh, the world cup in June or July. Sorry. Wow. So at one point you're like, yeah, I'm good. But then of course, when you get to that point where you're actually leaving, then it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually doing this. Yeah. And I, I wanted to do it. I just didn't want to feel like I was disappointing like my club and my coaches. So I was upset about that, but my coach was so supportive that as soon as I just said, like, I need to retire, like I felt so much better. And like, I was stress-free. I was like, wow, all I needed probably was just say it. And then all that stress came off my shoulders. What do you think when you got to that sixth year, 
do you think that your passion just transferred to something else or what, how did you know that that was, that was it? Um, well, it wasn't just like in the sixth year, like I've been thinking about retirement since like probably my third year in the league. Cause I was just thinking like, well, I didn't really like love soccer to death. Like as far as being like the everyday athlete and wanting to go through like the grind, I didn't love that part of it anymore. Like, whereas like when you're younger, you love that part. Cause it's exciting. I was like, uh, how am I going to use soccer to like navigate throughout the world? So I kind of just played just cause I, I was still like a decent player at the time. And then I was like, well, it is opening a lot of doors for me. So I might as well just stick with it. And then it just, so I knew like the retirement thought was in the back of my head. I just didn't know how I was going to ever do that. But then I kind of, over the next, you know, the last three years of my career, I got a lot into other things outside of sport, like nonprofit work, like working, you know, doing internships at like ad agencies, doing some marketing and like branding and stuff. So I had other interests developing and it just kind of like hit me all at once. I was like, oh, this is the perfect time to retire. You no longer want to do it. It's actually like exhausting for you. So probably should go. <laughs> yeah. And you talk about it opening doors for you. I mean, is it just what you spoke of in regards to internships and those type of opportunities or what, what did it kind of open elsewhere for you? Yeah, I think that just being a professional athlete, um, like not only like soccer is obviously a global sport, so it's taken me around the world and I've gotten to go to like really cool places and play in like Australia and parts of Europe um, for a short time to, I mean, I wouldn't have done that obviously if I didn't play soccer, but as far as like business opportunities and just kind of like meeting people who have nothing associated with the sport, it's because that I was a professional athlete that they thought, I was like worthy of being like spoken to or heard, right? Because they think like, oh, you're so cool. You're a professional athlete. Meet this person, meet that person. And you go to all these events for like sponsors and, and whatnot. And I was 10, like I always was the player that like wanted to talk to other people that weren't associated with soccer or the sport. And I wanted to talk to like the business, business people and see what they were up to. So That's pretty cool. And it's, uh, it sounds like it's kind of a platform such as a lot of times when people get, let's say a degree for school, is it's it's not essentially like this degree, but it's almost this person spent this amount of time working on this. They could probably succeed at this. So that's probably why that translates for people. Yeah, for sure. And I always get like, I went to USC and I studied sociology and occupational therapy as a minor. And people were like, well, you don't even use that. And I was like, <laughs> I'm like, well, I mean, technically, I definitely don't use OT, but I definitely use sociology on a daily basis. So we're like, well, what are you going to do with it? And I'm like, well, it's not about what I'm going to do because I am I was a professional athlete. And I'm like, if you can figure out how to navigate in the world, I'm like, your degree is what it is. Like, at least I have a piece of paper that says I'm educated. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. And it's funny when people say that, uh, you know, you're not using that, but anything that you're going to learn, you're going to acquire skills or discipline um, to apply to other things. Cause for myself too, I, when I went to school, I didn't, um, essentially use my degree. And, um, but like even just the ability to sit down and get tasks done for a four year period after I left, I was a much different person. hundred percent. I always tell people like the hardest thing I've ever done in life was be a student athlete. Like in college, I was like, that was not a joke at all. Yeah, and I'm wondering, so how long how long have you been retired now? Um, just over a month. Just over a month. Yeah. I know when I got done being an athlete, it was one of the hardest times of my life. 
And the transition was super difficult to me to the point where like I would cry because I didn't have that life anymore. Like the, the identity was gone essentially. Mm -hmm. Have you Mm -hmm. kind of gone through that yet or? No, I definitely don't have like that type of problem because, um, I, as a professional, I did not associate myself with like, or my identity or my worth with like being an athlete. Yep. So I had to, in college, when I went to college, I probably had that like, you know, that growing up moment probably of like figuring out like, okay, soccer is not that fun because like being an athlete is really, really hard. So I had a hard time with like balancing everything and trying to be obviously good at my sport and good in school, which I was never that great in school, (laughs) let's be honest. But I was like, okay, so because I went through that hard time as a student athlete, I was like, well, I need to like, soccer's not going to be, it was like the thought of soccer not being there was actually like, it was real. So I was like, well, I don't really want to do this after college in my brain. That's what I thought. And I was like, so I need to really like figure out like who I am without the sport. Cause it's not going to be forever. So I like experienced that when I was 18, 21. So now when I became a professional, I was like, Oh, I know who I am without the sport. Like I don't even need the sport. I'm just here. Cause I'm just going to use it to navigate. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a great point. I wish someone would have told me that yeah. <laughs> before, because like you think that's everything. And then, uh, and then it's not, and the adjustment's right. tough. And uh, so yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm sure like when you speak to whether you're doing your, cause I know you do volunteering. Um, we'll dive into a little bit with your youth advocacy. Um, but is that something you share with student athletes that you meet during volunteering or? Um, sometimes if it revolves around that, I try to just, they more are like interested in how I became a professional athlete. Like what does it take? And, some people ask about like school and college and how do you balance that and stuff like that. But I do touch on basically that um, being an athlete is great, but there's an expiration date on it. Obviously it's not, it's not the type of talent where you can do forever, like, you know, singing or being an artist or something like that. I'm like, those types of talents can last you your whole life or longer, obviously longer than being an athlete. So I just kind of generally like just throw that out there and make them seem like, oh, maybe I should have other interests. You know, I'm all like pushing, like being like a well-balanced person. So don't be too caught up in like, if you have a talent, use it, but don't be too caught up in like, just because I'm talented in something like that's exactly like who I am. Because, you know, people are multi-talented. They have multi-interest levels. And I'm like, just don't feel like you have to stay in one lane. Got it. And for those that don't know, because I definitely want to tie into how you're, life as an athlete ties into this, but what is it that your goal is to like, what changes are you trying to make or what's your main focus right now? Um, I think that, well, immediately, I guess a short term, not change, but just like impact. Like I would like to book a couple appearances to speak at schools. Cause I do love to do that and be in front of kids and um, usually like, middle school or like high school kids I feel like I have the most impact on um just to like since they're going back to school give them like a little piece of knowledge right about you know identity and like owning your talent find what you like um you know be be a better person every day like I kind of have those same like uh topics that I kind of revolve my speeches or appearances around as far as long term I like have a great like passion for education and I feel like Uh, especially obviously in the youth level, I feel like education at what, you know, 
at that level gives you the best chance to succeed in life. And so unfortunately, like in Chicago, education is not really that great. Is your, oh, it, the screen cut out there. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no worries. So for you as long-term, you want to, whether it's educating the youth through speeches. Um, well, uh, I actually wrote like a curriculum to put into a school. I guess it's like a program. So like what I want to do is hopefully impact, right? Because I'm not going to change the curriculum overnight, but impact the way to like for people to realize that curriculum probably needs to be better. And it probably needs to be like driven towards how kids function in today's society. Cause I feel like the curriculum is a little outdated for how the society, how yeah. the kids function and navigate and communicate with each other. So, yeah. And I'm wondering with how things are and how they should be, what do you think are the biggest differences or the changes that should be made? Um, like in reference to the curriculum and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Cause if it's uh, outdated. Think- yeah, I think that basically, obviously, you need like a basic, you know, you, your basic general education of whatever those subjects are, but a lot needs to be like focused on like emotional intelligence and like decision making and, and forms of communication, because obviously, everyone has their phone and whatnot, but people need to be able to relate to other people. So it's kind of like more people skills and emotional intelligence. And I feel like there's a, there could be like a lesson in like, um, teaching logics or like teaching like ethical, ethical things. So kids know how to navigate with all types of people, not just people that their age, because they're probably going to come in contact with people that are not their age, just because of the way society is today. What do you think are the biggest challenges that kids face now versus before? Um, I think there's a challenge. They're probably under a lot of like just anxiety in general, because they're probably being, judged on a daily basis through you know like instagram and feeling like they have to use social media to like validate themselves like maybe the way they look or what they're doing and you know they're waiting on people to like like a photo or something for them to have confidence and i'm like no you know what i mean like a lot of kids just from talking to people who have kids this age it's like they just feel like they're under a lot of pressure i'm like what is the what pressure is this? Like you guys are putting pressure on each other for no reason, you know, like who cares like what you wear or if someone likes something, you know what I mean? It's like, you're a child. You're supposed to just go to school, get your education, do your, you know, extracurriculars, try and, you know, make your family name proud or whatever. I'm like, this is too much extra focus on things that don't really matter, which is other people's opinions at such a young age. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I read a study once and I, I wish I had the, the site and everything like that. But I heard that the essentially, if you were to look at someone's Instagram or their social media page, mm-hmm. and you could see, now this might be different for like a social media influencer who gets paid and like has to right. have a certain amount of content, yeah. right? But for someone who posts like the more pictures of essentially of themselves that they post on a higher frequency, uh, potentially would have like a higher level of maybe depression or anxiety i wish i had the study mm-hmm. and then i looked at a, a video of someone super close to me and uh, they had posted maybe four pictures of themselves within an hour and I, right after i read that i was like oh my god I, I can only imagine what maybe what they're going through or maybe i'm overthinking it right um, but it's definitely an interesting world with what we have now yeah i think it's just like the shift of like 
focus, right? Like what people will care about. You know what I mean? It's like, it's just kind of a waste of energy from my perspective. Yeah. And I love how you brought up emotional intelligence because once you do get into the workforce or starting to like get those opportunities as if people don't know how to communicate effectively, they're not going to be able right. to take advantage of those opportunities. Right. Right. And it's like reading like body language and understanding how other, you know, someone else's perspective. And like, another thing is like, people disagree all the time. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's okay to have other opinions or different opinions on their own, but it's like people, if you can just appreciate someone else's perspective, that'll get you so much further in life. You know what I mean? Like you don't need to be upset that they don't see the world that you, that you, the way you see it, like just accept it and just move forward. Like you don't need to spend time and be like, well, let's argue because you think this and I think that's like, who cares? Who cares? Yeah. How do we, with, because uh, I'm sure there's a lot of things that could be worked on anywhere, but like in Chicago, how do we get those changes made in the schools or the, the programs that we have so that those things are implemented? Is it just getting the word out? Is it, I, I don't know, like how do you, how do you push that forward? Well, the marketing brain in me would be like, aligning myself with someone who has a bigger platform who probably thinks somewhat similar right so it's like I'm all about like being efficient when it comes to things like this because I'm like yeah I can walk over to schools and like give my little speech I'm like but I don't have like a massive like following to the point where people are going to be like oh like did you see what Sam did today you know what I mean but like someone else who probably aligns with what I'm saying I'm gonna be like hi can I just ghost write like your speech or something so like what I like, what we think can be like massively impacted. You know what I mean? Yeah. So getting these connections, going on podcasts, networking with other people, just so it's almost like a, a songwriter, like continuing to put out music to the point where that one moment where you do meet somebody or that connection is made so that somebody will listen to a higher influencer. Yeah. hundred yeah, percent. You never know like who's going to hear what you say or, you know, I could step into a school and not obviously not know who's actually standing there. They could be someone who can in, like influence change. I, I never know. I just kind of stay true to like what the message is and have intention with what I'm doing. And hopefully the kids have, you know, somebody in the rooms taking advantage of me standing there and like wanting to know more about my story. Hopefully it helps them, stuff like that. So. And I love that. That's the, some people that sounds like a very long approach to some maybe other people, but that's the, that's the best approach of just, you're literally just showing up every day, meeting new people for that one opportunity. It may not be that day, but if you just keep showing up and right. creates that change, that's great perspective. Like, do you think that came from being an athlete and just uh, like going through everything you did kind of gave you that? Um. I think indirectly, like the way I approached my my career, especially as a youth player and like in the critical like development years, I feel like I always worked for like opportunities that never even existed yet. So I was just trying to be a better player for like obviously my team and like just because I wanted to be a great player. So I trained a lot and practiced a lot, but I wasn't really like I didn't understand like when I was, you know, 12 or 13, I was outside with a soccer ball like being a weirdo and juggling until the sun went down that I was gonna I was actually working for an opportunity for USC to give me a full scholarship like I didn't know that was gonna happen or that was like possible you know what I'm saying so I feel like just because I have that mentality of like just like 
you know, be a better person every day. If you, if you want to be great at something, just put the time in, like, and then opportunities kind of will come. I don't really like chase specific opportunities. I kind of just develop a better version of who I am, like for the next day and then kind of just falls into place. Yeah. And I'm wondering for, for those that don't know, you played for the Chicago Red Stars and that's kind of how you got, I don't know if that's how you're introduced Chicago. That's how you got here. Mm -hmm. Um, but I guess what about it when you were here, was it that got you to stay or come back to influence Chicago? Um, I just kind of fell in love with like the city and the light, like the vibe. And I always say like the air is different over here. Like it matches my personality of like being a hustler and people are like, Oh my God, you're from California. Like why, why would you ever want to live in Chicago? It's so cold. And I'm like, yeah, it's cold for like three months. But you know what I mean? I'm like, but it's like, well worth, like the city's amazing. I love people. And I like have just navigated so well outside of my sport that I know so many people that have nothing to do with like, or they're, or they're, they're not in the soccer world per se. Right. But I was, I obviously met them because I was a soccer player. So I kind of created like a very um, diverse, unique network. And I was like, Oh, like I'm from like the Los Angeles County area, Palmdale specifically. And like, I went to school in LA. I can't even go to Los Angeles and like navigate. Honestly, like I know like two people, but here I can like move about and go, you know, wherever I want and like have connections here and there. So it just kind of fit what I want for life and my personality. Yeah. I love how you describe Chicago. So whenever I'm with my own clients is they always ask me like, Oh, well, what do you love about Chicago? And I always just say to them, listen, Chicago, you can be whoever you want, like anything you want or need it's here. Like for myself, I love being a part of the mixed martial arts community. That's here. Uh, it, anything like just uh, the opportunity and I love how you talked about the vibe of the the hustle component because it's it's a city so it's a little bit more of a higher pace right mm-hmm. exactly yeah and I've been like you know I've, I've moved about in New York for a little bit and just like been there like on short mountain times and like I love New York that's great but doesn't just like the air just is not what I need it to be like I need to breathe some different air and I'm like Chicago is definitely what I like it just like it speaks to my soul <laughs> Yeah. And you're a, so you're a full-time master's student too. Yeah. I go to school full-time. It's online. So I, I would do, I mean, I, I do commit to it like a lot of hours because right now I have a lot of time on my hands to commit to it because I just do my consulting and like I meet with, you know, my soccer people and try and my community people. Like I don't have like a job per se. I just kind of move about. So I do school. I'm trying to get as much done as possible. Hopefully I'll be done within the next like seven months. That would be nice. Yeah. And I, whenever I talk to people, I've, I've had some other business owners on here that go to school. And at that point when I learned about it, I'm like, wow, they're running all of this and they're doing that at the same time. Uh, that's uh, a lot. It is a lot. Like intellectually, it's a lot. But I think that's now that I'm not like an athlete, I'm like, wow, I would much rather be like intellectually stimulated on a day to basis. <laughs> I'm just so switched off <laughs> from being an athlete that I, I'm like, yeah, no. How do you balance all that? Do you have a s- specific times of when you do everything or uh, does it kind of just flow naturally? I, it just flows naturally because I'm, I'm kind of like more of like a creative brain, right? So it's like when I feel like I'm getting into a moment where my writing is like really switched on, then I just like commit to it because I don't want to turn it off and I know I can get a lot done and it's going to be quality. But if I'm just like sitting there in front of the computer because I'm like, oh, I said at four, then I'm going to work on something like that's not going to work. 
It has to be natural. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's good because it's like forcing yourself to do something. Like when I was in college, if I was going to write a paper when I didn't feel like writing it, um, not best to use that type of energy for it. But if, if I'm in that yeah. moment where I feel it, okay, I'm writing all 10 pages in the next five hours because right. my energy for it is, is right now. Exactly. So just keep it, keep it organic with the, with the brain activity. <laughs> yeah. And I seen, I was going through your Instagram. I seen one of your original photos. It was with you. You were walking with, um, two kids. It looked maybe oh, yeah. they had, they have your Jersey on. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Yeah. What were you guys uh, doing? Was that a specific program or? No, actually that was like my, that was when I was in Australia in Melbourne when I used to play down oh. there. Um, and I met a woman who designs dresses and we became really good friends and she, you know, styled me for a shoot or whatever, but she had those, she has those two kids those are her kids and they're the cutest things ever. And so they, you know, would come to my games and of course I got them jerseys and whatnot. So that was like my goodbye lunch when I was leaving Australia. So I wanted to take a, a nice picture with them. And, and so of course, like she was like, Oh, let's just take a photo. And I was like, no, let's make it fun. Like, let's walk down the street. We're going to turn around and then you got to snap it. And she was like, okay. <laughs> Nice. And do you think that because it seems, you know, kids, they look up to athletes. So how important do you think it is for athletes to volunteer in their community to be that influence? Um, I think it's like, it's a blessing and a curse, first of all, because I don't believe that any athlete should be obligated to give back or to give their time. And like, if you're not into something like just because you're an athlete and people think, highly of you because of your talent like that doesn't mean like you're obligated to give your time back if that's not genuinely what you're into you know what I mean like but people think like oh you're a role model it's like well I didn't ask to be a role model I just went to work and it just so happens that my work is on tv and you're watching what I do you know so that's kind of like unfortunate part of being a professional athlete especially for some people who are actually like on tv all the time and they're in the limelight it's just like well, I don't, I don't know why people feel like athletes like need to like give back or something or be like this role model or person that they're probably like not. It's like, just let them do what they do. You know what I mean? If they're the type of person that has like has interests in certain areas and like, oh yeah, I have a, I like, I have plenty of friends who are like, yeah, I love to give back, which is what I would like to do. I would do it if I wasn't an athlete, but if people think like, oh, you're a professional athlete. Like the kids love you. It's like, well, the kids don't even know who I am. First of all, the kids just like that I play a sport. They think that's cool because it's like not a lot of people can do it, you know, and it's valued that the work is valued like in our society or whatever. And I'm just like, hmm. But for me, obviously, I'd do it if I didn't play sports or for I didn't like do anything like that. So it's, they just need to be genuine about giving back. And if they're not into it, they're not into it. And like I would hope an athlete doesn't feel like they're under pressure to you know, insert themselves because it's like takes a personality to be standing in front of people and be genuine and stuff like that. Like none of not a lot of people are comfortable with being having all eyes on them when they're not actually at work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why? I mean, you said you're passionate about it with being having that pressure. What what got you into the volunteering and the advocacy originally? Right. So me and my teammate, my first year on the Red Stars, we were like, we basically were just so bored, like practice is three hours a day, right? So we were like, we are so bored. Like, what can we do that's like, we're not going to get another job, like, please. But like, what can we do that's like kind of impactful and see like, you know, how we can move about Chicago and literally just cure our boredom. So then we were like, maybe we should just volunteer and just like 
we can just go hang out with kids because like we both grew up like coaching like soccer camps and like being close to kids anyways because of soccer so we're like we'll just go volunteer let's see if like any nonprofits would just like let us come <laughs> and then so we actually stumbled and accidentally got involved with um probably just like through an email or something my friend emailed um Noah's Art Foundation, joking oh. Noah's thing. And so we were like, okay, we'll just see if they like would let us come volunteer for something, right? So we like did a couple things with them and we we're like, oh, we actually really like this. And we he had like a, a girls' day that he like dedicated to the girls of the program because obviously he's like or was like such a dominant figure in basketball. And so like a lot of boys obviously gravitated towards it, but he had girls in the program, so he was like so nice and like did a girls' day and did something for them. So we were kind of helping with that. And then they just kind of like navigated from there. I was like, oh, I kind of like this like nonprofit realm and giving back. And I saw like just us being there, um, like people, the, the girls at the time, like really like liked us being there and they related to us. And I feel like, I don't know if I was like helping them, but I definitely wasn't hurting. You know what I mean? So I kind of just thought, well, okay, maybe I have something like I have an area or a space where I can function and I can feel like, Oh, I'm doing good for, you know, the world or the community. So I kind of fell into that. And then I got connected with America scores Chicago. And then they asked me to be on their board. And I was like, yeah, why not? Yeah. And I think it's important whether you realize it or not, but I think it's important for kids to have some type of figure that they are accounted to or somebody that they can look forward to meeting. Yeah. So like, cause I remember when I was a kid, it was almost like if I, I remember going through really tough times and if I didn't have wrestling at the moment, I, it would have been a lot more difficult for me cause I was like, well, you know, my, my coach, my team, they like, they need me to be there tomorrow. <laughs> it was like, you know, it was just a program at my school, but like for me it was so big. So whether it was sports mm. or, something else it's probably it was probably great for them to have you to look forward to be there for them yeah no 100 percent. so i've kind of just you know accident accidentally got into it but now i like love it so i'm trying to figure out how i can um impact the community on a on a mass scale what do you think is the the next step to get towards that because i know there's certain influences you want to make but what would be your next step i mean other than the networking and the podcasting and everything that you're doing now um i have like some ideas for like messaging and how to you know push a message and stuff like that so i think i'm just gonna continue to brainstorm on that and i i'm you know i told you i'm like extremely creative so just because i have a good idea doesn't mean it's like gonna work but if i can like push it out um with a good strategy then potentially it could have the impact that i would want it to have and it's obviously going to be all positive and driven towards the youth and even though it does it could you know be for adults but i'm more of like youth driven because i'm like they're the future so they need to learn how to navigate in this crazy ass world that we live in so we'll see i need to think about it a little more is there anybody that you collaborate with? Is this something that you just do on yourself or do you still go to volunteering events and stuff like that with your original teammate? No, um, after like that year or so, um, she wasn't on the team anymore. Unfortunately, she got injured. But So I just continued 
to do like my work and I like volunteered at schools. I spoke at schools. Like people were like, Oh, like, can you come talk to my soccer team or something? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, like that just kind of like naturally um, kind of developed. And like now I'm being a little more like intentional where I'm like, reaching out to schools that probably haven't been to and being like, Hey, like, can I come talk to your kids or whatever? And so that's kind of developing. But, um, as far as like, what, as far as like what we need to do, I'm like, I'm not really sure. Like I just work by myself on all these, you know, I call them brand campaigns in my brain. Right. It's like, well, once I come up with this message, it's like, again, the strategy has to be like, flawless because <laughs> it's like you don't want it you want to align it with the right people so then they can push it out properly and then it has like that impact that you want but it takes time and creativity so when you reach out to those schools how does that typical conversation go um i usually get a response straight away because i obviously just say like hi i'm sam johnson i was a professional athlete blah blah, blah. and then immediately they're like oh you know what i mean so that we want you to come talk to our kids. And then, um, then it's just about like coordinating and seeing how much they're going to pay me. <laughs> yeah, no, of course. What was kind of like your best experience when you've spoken? Um, I actually talked to a very specific group, student athletes in, in a high school on the South side. And they were interesting. It was boys and girls, but they were interesting because I never talked to like young student athletes before of like, they were like actually extremely like, specific i was like all sports i've only talked to like maybe soccer players and so um that was pretty cool because i was kind of open like my perspective on how kids and other sports function at like a young age and like what type of questions like they want to know essentially everyone obviously wants to know the same thing but it's just it's just interesting to hear from like a different sport like a track athlete or like you know an elite like basketball player like i don't personally think i can relate to like a 14 year old like boy who's like six three and is an elite basketball player I'm like I hope I can help you but I don't really know you know what I'm saying but like I can relate to obviously a young girl who's probably playing soccer or who's probably doing another sport or who's into something else but so to know that I do have the impact on like the youth boys as well potentially especially the athletes is great you know because I don't feel like my message is like limited and do you think this is something so if once you kind of get more opportunities to speak out at schools to the youth, would you see yourself traveling all the time to school to school and doing that? Um, it's not something that's like I set out to do if that happens where the like people see what I do and like want me to come talk to them, then I definitely will take the opportunity because I'm like grateful for that. But it's not like I'm going to hit up schools in like Florida or something. <laughs> you know what gotcha. I mean? Like I just kind of go like, if I have connections there, then yes, but unless it gets to the point where I'm actually in demand, which probably never will be because that's a far, far stretch. Um, I'm just going to make my impact in Chicago land area in my hometown, obviously. Cool. Well, I'm sure that people can appreciate that. Now, with what you're going to in school for your master's, what are you working on there that you're trying to learn or acquire to, to help you moving forward? Um, I'm trying to learn, so I study curriculum and instruction. I'm trying to learn, um, like how curriculum is developed and why, and why, um, certain curriculums aren't developed, right? Cause it's all about like ideology and stuff like that. And it's extremely subjective, obviously, cause it's not like 
it's really just which I'm learning so I'm like okay so if I have a piece of paper in my hand that says like I have a curriculum that can you know impact the youth or help the youth education system it's like someone could just be like no like that's that no we don't want that you know what I mean so it's extremely subjective but I'm like I'm just trying to figure out like why yes and why no on certain things you know what I mean like who decides like this is the curriculum and this is what it's going to be you know what I mean this is what we're going to include versus this is what we're not going to include you know so I'm trying to figure out like how to make change via like who's actually in charge (laughs) and like who decides like this is the curriculum or if there's going to be a change like what's the process you know so I have to learn all the history of curriculum first in order for me to have the proper conversation with whoever I might be sitting across from in the future. Wow, that's a, a very interesting thing is because that almost reminds me a little bit of uh, kind of like politics a little bit. Yeah, and I mean, it definitely is, right? Because education is obviously a huge business and we have like, you know, that division within our, our system and the government. However, it's like, I just wonder like what the conversations are like being had you know so i'm like i wonder why curriculum hasn't really changed or they haven't adapted to like society and where society's going type of thing so what are the typical like after somebody goes through that training of the the history and influencing new curriculums where do people typically go from there honestly in my program it's just it's just teachers so like my mentor for the like my mentor for my classes and stuff Mm -hmm. she was on the phone with me for like the first whatever few months and didn't even know I was a professional athlete like it's not like I have to say that but she was like so like how are you going to use this in your classroom and I was like what I was like I'm not a teacher she was like you're not I was like no and like she apologized she was like I'm sorry everyone's a teacher and like usually it's just teachers that come back and get this specific degree because they're trying to you know whatever like propel their uh their current like classroom or situation or career in a different way. And I was like, she was like, so why are you in this course? (laughs) Like, why do you want this degree? And I was like, Oh, I want to help like change the education system in Chicago. And she goes, Oh, well, that's like a lot. And I was like, yeah, but I need to know how to do that. And like, I need to understand, you know, how curriculum is developed and why you develop it and blah, 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 blah. So it was just like a funny conversation because she was just like, so how are you going to apply all of this like knowledge? Because I have to like write and, and like apply it in my instructional setting, which I have none. The only instructional setting that I've ever been in is a, you know, the soccer and practices and the classroom for that. So I've been doing that and it's directly applicable, but it's also like funny because the people who are reading my papers are probably like, wait, what? <laughs> like this is a different instructional setting than what we're used to. You know what I mean? Because I'm not talking about two plus two. Like I'm talking about passing and trapping a ball and like the technique of being like a soccer player. Dang, that's pretty cool. Cause most, I, I wouldn't know how many people would be learning that type of educational system that weren't already teaching that, that had to just baffle her at one point. It did. She was pretty shocked. She didn't understand it. And like, I'm, I'm not there to explain why I'm getting the degree. I just need you to help me pass, pass these classes. <laughs> oh God. No, totally. So I guess where, where can kind of people find you, give you opportunities to influence the youth in their areas? Give us all your deets. Like my Instagram and stuff? Yeah, your Instagram, where people can reach out to you if they have speaking opportunities and yeah. stuff like that. 
Um, well, my Instagram is Dream on Rose, and I only use Instagram. I don't use Twitter or uh, any other platform because I'm just I'm as my Instagram looks really artsy, but I'm actually not really tech savvy at all. <laughs> so that's where they can reach out to you, and then uh, yeah, I don't use Twitter either. I'm not very uh, not very type oriented. I think it's a very yeah. kind of video economy now. So um, there you go. Yeah, that's just the way. <laughs> that things are done. Do you, Oh, do you ever have any videos of you doing speeches at schools? That'd be super cool. You know what? I don't actually, I don't take, I just take pictures, I guess if I get the opportunity, but I just like go in and I just do my little, I do my little thing and then I leave. I don't really like video it or promote it or nothing like that, but I guess I should, but I just don't think about that when I'm there. It's not really my priority i guess i get lost in, in like the kids and what i'm gonna say and stuff like that no of course and that's that's definitely important are you kind of scheduled out to do any other speeches i'm supposed to go back to palmdale where i'm from california um to do like maybe a back to school thing so i'm just trying to secure that booking probably hopefully within the next two to three weeks because the kids are going back to school next week i think um but as of now that's the only one that's in place that's that i'm actually having conversations with but hopefully a couple in chicago um will reach back out and then we'll secure something cool well i'm hoping that uh, and i've said this on other podcasts as well but in uh maybe six months time i want to implement something additional to the show where i'm maybe meeting with the people in person going on you know into their businesses or like let's say you have something that you're volunteering with, like maybe I could come with you and kind of like mm -hmm. get into it. Or if you do a speech, I could maybe come to the speech or something like that. So please invite yeah. me. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be dope. That would be super dope. So cool. Well, thank you so much for being on the show and uh, yeah. I'm excited to see where things go for you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right. Bye now. Bye.